Hey, Central Family, thank you so much for tuning in. It is great to have you with us together online. If you're new to this, this environment, once you know that here at Central, uh, man, we are imperfect people in progress, and we're so glad that you're along for this journey. And, and really the whole reason that we exist as a church is to help people find and follow Jesus. Before we jump into this week's message, um, a couple of updates, a couple of exciting things happening around here at Central. Uh, last week, our, our students got together uh, for our back to school bash for the first time in person gathering since March. And uh, man, it was awesome to see some of those pictures and just hear some of the reports that came out of, uh, of that gathering and exciting for our, our students for sure. And, and then this week, they went to City Team and, and served the poor and the needy among us in the midst of all the the smoke in the midst of all the craziness. Uh, I'm just so thankful for our, our student leaders, uh, for our, our student uh, ministry team that, that faithfully gets out in the community and, and just, just grabs a hold of this reality. I'm, I'm thankful. Isn't it nice to know, church, uh, that the younger generation is, is taking a hold of this reality? They don't just go to church, but they are the church. And they're, they're deployed and being God's hands and feet in our community. And they, they showed up in an awesome way uh, this week. And, and I'm thankful for what's taking place there. And also in our, our kids' ministry here at Central, not only do we have amazing content available for, for your kids and for your grandkids, but also resources for you as the parents or grandparents. And, uh, and beyond that, I'm fired up because next Friday night is date night right here at Central. So if you're in the Bay Area, uh, you could use a couple of hours to go, go take a nap or go do some shopping and let the kids uh, hang out with some friends. Uh, that would be a take taking place uh, next Friday, that's September 18th, right here on campus. And you can simply go to our events page uh, on our website, centralsj.org. Click on that events page. You can register uh, for date night or, and see, see all the other events taking place around here at Central as well. But uh, I don't know about anyone else, but I am personally fired up for that one. And so I hope you'll, you'll join us uh, for that. But, uh, and not only that, one, one thing I'm super excited about, this week has been crazy if you're here in the Bay as it, like one day, like the God, the sun looked like it was red. Uh, everyone's asking like, is this the apocalypse? Like, is this, is, is Jesus coming back today? What is going on here? Uh, but all of it is due to these fires that are surrounding us here in the Bay area and, and central family. Isn't it nice to know that you have been making an impact on the ground where help is needed uh, because of the generosity of faithful people like you. Maybe, maybe you're on the other side of the globe. Maybe you're in a different state or maybe you're right here in the Bay, but haven't been able to, to get down to Santa Cruz or one of the other surrounding areas where the fires are so present. Uh, but, but through your, your generosity, I want you to know that you, the central family, have boots on the ground where help is needed as we deployed over $11,000 uh, this week to help with the fire relief fund. You're providing shelter, you're providing food, you're providing clothing to those that need it most in the midst of this tragic season. And for that, I am so honored to be a part of this central family. So, so way to go. And truly, we are, we are better together. And, uh, and that's the title of today's message. We are, we are better, we're better together. And, and you know, some things in life are just better together, right? Like, like check out this, this picture. Uh, I don't know when the last time you walked into your kitchen, you thought, man, I could just really use a, a spoonful of flour right now. That sounds really, 
really great. Or maybe you open the fridge and you're like, not much here, but a stick of butter. Man, I'll, I will eat that like a Snickers bar. Uh, or maybe you saw some raw eggs. And, and trust me, I'm a, I'm a fan of eggs. I eat eggs every day uh, of my life, basically. So I look at this, I thought, man, that looks pretty good. But raw eggs, not, not my deal. You may, may have noticed I am not Rocky. I do not have that physique. I do not eat raw eggs. And so that's not super appealing to me. But when you mix all these together, they, they, they're better together. They make some delicious things like, like cookies. And cookies, man, I'm, I could go for some of those. Uh, but some things in life are just better together. So right now, a little quick game as we get things started. Uh, some things that are, are better together. So you could post in the chat, the fill in the blank here in just a moment, or, or in, in, where you're watching this, just say it out loud to those in the room around you. But, but fill in the blanks. And here's, here's what I mean. Like this. So, so peanut butter and... Survey says jelly, peanut butter and, and jelly. Peanut butter's great, but mixed with a little jelly, like, <laughs> that's, that's better together. Uh, cookies and, survey says milk. Uh, cookies and milk, it's, it's so awesome. Cookies are great, milk's great, but cookies and milk combined, <laughs> it's just better together. How about this one, steak and, now, now you could have said eggs, steak and eggs are pretty good, but if you're eating later in the day, steak and potatoes, that would be, uh, that would be my go-to. Matter of fact, if I only got one meal, uh, if I had my last meal, man, it would be, be ribeye steak and some potatoes and asparagus, and I could go out a happy man, steak and potatoes, that's it. How about this one, French fries and, some of you might have said ketchup. Uh, but if I were to fill in that blank, I would have said ice cream. Because nothing is better than, than hot fries full of salt dipped in some sweet ice cream, baby. Don't knock it till you try it. Some of you might be grimacing, but I challenge you. You go to Wendy's, get some fresh fries, a chocolate frosty, game on, baby. They are better, better together. That's not only true of food, though. That's not only true of ingredients. That's, that's true of us. We are better together. We are better together as the human race. We are better together as the church of Jesus Christ. And nothing has underscored that reality more than 2020. Whenever this, this, this global pandemic came onto the scene, whenever uh, March, it really, really stepped on the stage and took over our lives in March and, and, and COVID came to the forefront and, and this phrase came out and I I just don't like the phrase. I think I understand what they're trying to say, but, but I think it's the wrong wording where we, we hear this phrase often these days of social distancing. Now, physical distancing is required to, to, to prevent the spread of, of viruses and, and sickness, uh, but, but social distancing will destroy your soul. Social distancing is not good for anyone. Physical distancing is required. Social distancing will, will harm you and keep you from thriving in life. And if you've ever doubted that, I think let's just look at 2020 as a case study. In 2020, we have seen double-digit increase of drug overdoses every single month. Increase over last year. At this point, we're recording this in September of 2020. And as of September 2020, we have seen more suicides this year than all of last year combined. Everything bad is on the rise. 
Social distancing is, is not good for our soul. Physical distancing is required. Social distancing, it, it takes us dark. Anxiety and depression is on the rise. Uh, alcohol and drug abuse is on the rise. Uh, domestic violence is, is double what it was last year. And, and social researchers are really concerned because not only has it doubled, that's just what's being reported, but, but all the cases that haven't been reported because kids are staying home. They're able to get to a safe place where they can verbalize what's taking place and people are working from their homes. And so, so, so we're really concerned, like what's taking place in our, in our culture as domestic violence just has gone through the roof. And I'm just saying like social distancing has, has hurt us in, in a lot of ways as much as it has helped us in, in others. But, but we're, we're not made to, to social distance. While physical distancing is required, social distancing, it just prevents us from becoming the people that God has created us to be in 2020 has taught us a whole lot of things about life, about leadership, put things in perspective. But certainly one of the things that underscores is that we are better together. Here's the, here's the big idea for today. Here, here's something that I, I want you to think about and maybe chew on. If you zoned out, I invite you to, to zone back in for just a moment. Here's the first thing that the Bible addresses. Some people think that the, the first thing the Bible addresses was sin, but, but the first problem in the Bible wasn't sin, it was solitude. Here's what we read in Genesis chapter 2. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good. This is not good for man to be alone. Isolation, it, man, it, it suffocates our soul. And it's better, we're better, we're better together. And so as a result, God made man and woman so they could, they wouldn't be isolated, they wouldn't be alone. They, they, would, they would have community. They'd be better, they'd be better together. The key to the Bible, the, the Bible is not just a resource to keep bad people from, make bad people good. The, the hope of, of the gospel, the hope of, of Christianity, the hope of the church, the hope of, of Jesus is that that wouldn't just make bad people good, but it would be, we'd see dead people come alive and become all that God created them to be to help you thrive spiritually and come alive in, in who God wants you to be, come alive in, in Christ. Um, there's this guy in the Bible, his name's Solomon. He's known as the wisest man in the world. And, uh, and this young uh, seminary student went up to his professor after class and said, said, hey, professor, like if Solomon is so wise, like help me understand, why did he have a thousand wives? Like the Bible says, this dude had a thousand wives. And the professor looks at the student and says, well, uh, that's obvious. Solomon, being the wisest man in the world, knew that he would need a thousand wives to have one happy wife whenever he got home at the end of the day. Awesome. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. So, so uh, that might not make the cut. Like, Juan, you might have to edit that one out. Uh, my wife has already given me the stink eye right here in the room. So, so you don't have to send the emails. You don't have to, you don't have to like, I'm going to hear about that one uh, at the end of the day. But here is what the wisest man in the world did say. Here, here's what Solomon actually, he did say. In Ecclesiastes 4, in verse 8, it says this. Uh, there was a man who was all alone. Like this man did not realize that we're better together. He did life uh, by himself. He didn't realize life was a team sport. He, he did, did life all alone and, and he neither had son nor brother. He, he was all by himself and, and there was no end to his toil. And yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. 
And so this guy, man, he, he doesn't have people around him, so he just pursues material things. He pursues wealth. He pursues status. He pursues climbing the corporate ladder. And at the end of the day, he realizes something's missing in my soul. Something's not right. I'm not content. You know anybody like that? Well, the reason is because we're better. We're just better together. Theodore Roosevelt essentially echoed those same words whenever he said this. It may be true that he who travels furthest, who travels alone, but the goal thus reached is not worth reaching. You can go at life alone, and listen, you can run a whole lot faster, but, but what objective will you gain at the end of that race? And when you look around at the end of that race, who's, who's going to be with you? And, and Solomon, the wisest man in the world, would say, it's not worth it. You won't be content. The wisdom of the age uh, would say, hey, don't do life alone. We're, we're better together. And so here's the reality. We need each other. We need each other. If you're taking notes, and I hope you are, uh, this is where they're going to begin. And so there's going to be some content I'm going to talk about that are included in your notes that may not be on the screen. So I hope you, hope you check those out. Here, here's the first fill in the blank. Here's the first reality. Here's why we need each other. It's because I need people who will care for me. I need people who will care for me. And, and hey, so do you. And whenever I, I, we use that word, word care, it's not just in, in a sense of uh, someone who cares for, for me because I'm part of the human race. Uh, we need people who care for us in a ministry sense so that whenever I'm sick, someone could help me. But whenever, whenever there's a tragedy that strikes my family, uh, some people are around me to care, to care for me, to minister in those moments. And, and here's what I want you to know. Uh, we have a team here. We have elders that, that would love to care for you. If you're in the hospital, man, we'll do our best to come visit. We'll, we'll pray for you. We'll care for you. But, but care, care finds best expression in the context of community, in the context of, of groups. And so, so I hope you join a group today so you can experience this, this care in your, in your life. And I know many of you watching this right now, you've experienced next level care in moments of great trying times, of tragedy, because of, you are already a part of, of group. Uh, here's what it says in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. It says, it's, it's better to have a partner than go it alone. I mean, we're just, we're just better together to share the work and share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other, the other one's there to help. But check this out. If no one's there to help, like, man, that's tough sledding. That's a tough, tough situation. Romans uh, 12, 15 says, says that, man, we, we need people around us to care for us. And here's how we do that. It says, we rejoice with those who rejoice. And we mourn with those who mourn. Now, this is hard to live out unless we're in proximity with people, unless we're doing life together in community. It's hard for me to rejoice with you if I don't know what you're celebrating. It's hard for you to mourn with me if you don't know what I'm struggling with right now. And so for us to, to really fulfill this, we got to be in, in proximity. we got to be in community. we got to be in groups together. I love this passage in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This, this apostle named Paul, he's writing to this church in Corinth and he's talking about, about spiritual gifts in the context of, uh, of 1 Corinthians 12. But he starts out with, with using the body, the physical body, as an illustration of the church. He says this in, in the first part of chapter 12. He says, the body is a unit. And though we're made up of many parts, and though all of our parts are many, we still form, form one body. And then he goes on to say this in, in verse 26. says, if one part suffers, well, all the parts suffer with it. It's care. 
It's ministry. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Like if someone is hurting, the body comes around and says, no, 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 we're going to support that part of the body. We're going, to put, we're going to put a splint on that finger. We're going to help healing take place there. If one part's rejoicing and celebrating, then man, like we're throwing a party. Congratulations on the graduation. Congratulations on the new job. We're celebrating that retirement. We're, we're coming alongside and, and rejoicing with those who who rejoice, we're, we're, we're helping each other in those moments. And then it says this in verse 27, it says, now in light of all that, now, now you are the body of Christ. Together we are the body of Christ. And each of you, each one of us, we are a part of it. Uh, man, nothing, put an exclamation point on that. And that illustration then, then just five months after joining the Central Family and moving to San Jose, uh, five months in, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Now, I don't know when the last time you thought about your Achilles tendon was, but unless it's hurting, it's, pro- it's probably been a while. I don't think I ever really thought about my Achilles until, until I had an injury of my Achilles. But here's what I learned in that season. That when, when the Achilles tendon suffers, every part of the body suffers with it. Because here's the deal, I, I couldn't move. Like I couldn't drive a car for six months. I had to hobble around on, on crutches and, and muscle atrophy set in, not just in my leg, but in my, because when one part of the body suffers, the all, we all suffer, we all suffer with it. And here's the deal, you're a part of the body and you need people to care for you when you're hurting, to rejoice with you when you're celebrating, to come alongside and say, hey, how can I help you? Because we're, we're better together. And for us to be, be better together, the man, we want, we want to have a healthy body. And that means having a healthy you, having a healthy me. And we need people to care to ensure that takes place. So here's the action item. Here's what I would, I would encourage you to do this week. Whenever you, you join a group and you, you jump into community here at Central, whether that's online or in person in this season, we're kicking off groups today. Here's the action item. Keep your group leader informed of your care needs. Like let people know what's going on so we can pray and and help in times of need. I love this picture of community that that we've experienced in recent seasons right here at Central. Uh, I remember whenever the Santa Cruz fires were kind of just taking off and and the staff and, and we were all checking in on people that we thought might be might be struggling or might be evacuated. And I was on the other room on a call and one night and, and uh, Tiffany was on another call calling the Grindies. And by the time I hung up the phone with this individual, I, I went to the living room and she's like, it's Chris and, and Shelly and like, they've been evacuated. And so I jump on the phone. And I'm like, man, I can't believe this is happening. Like, how can we help you? How can we come alongside you? Like, like where are you guys? And they're like, Wow, we're, we're good. We're at the Regan's house. They're, they're co-leaders in their, in their group together. And they've been doing life together for a long time. And I'm like, well, well can we send a meal? They're like, no, like Julie's, Julie's a good, better cook than you are, Tim. We're, we're good. Like, can, well, can I, can I help you find a place to stay? No, we're, we're good. I'm like, well, what can I do? Like, well, you could pray for him. Like, yeah, that's a very pastoral thing to do. How can I pray for you? Uh, and so, so in that moment, I just thought, man, that's what community is about. Care is taking place in the context of community. And what better picture of how the church is designed to function. By the time I could come onto the scenes, their group was already around them, loving them, caring for them, helping them in their time 
of need. And here's what I know to be true. There's going to come a time when maybe Pat and Julie need some help. And then Chris and Shelly will be there to, to help them as well. And that's how the church is designed to function. We, we, we need people who care for us. And part of that is just communicating to, to your group leaders what, what's taking place in your life and the lives of those around you. And, and let's pray for each other's needs. Uh, second thing, I took too long on that. I got to move quick here. Uh, second thing is, is I need people who will encourage me. You need people who will, encourage, who will encourage you as well. Jesus said this in John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Check that out. This, this indicates like I have a role to play in this. Tim, don't allow your heart to be troubled. And so I need to take ownership of that reality. But it's helpful to have some people come alongside and bring some encouragement to keep me from going dark as well. And I'm assuming the same is true of you. Uh, trust in God, Jesus says. Trust also. Trust also in me. I love this, uh, this picture of, of community, this picture of encouragement that uh, took place last year in the, in the college basketball finals. It was UCLA Bruins versus the Oregon Ducks. It was, it was a game that had gone into overtime. And the game's coming down to the wire. UCLA is down two points, two minutes left. They get the ball on this fast break. And, and let me just show you what, what takes place. Ahead to Prince Ali. They don't have numbers. That's the wrong guy to pass it to in that situation. Oh and they turn God. it over. Oh, my God. That's kind of the story of this. Uh, great job by Jalen Hands. Come over there, take his throat, and just push his head back <laughs> up in the air. Let's go. Come on. That's what community is all about. That, that's why we need to be in groups together because sometimes I can let my head hang low. Sometimes you can get discouraged. Sometimes the team has passed the ball to you in a moment of need and you just throw it out of bounds. And you need someone to come alongside and say, hey, hey, hey we got a whole lot of game left to play. Like, keep your head up. And I want to look into this camera right here and tell you something, Central Christian Church. You may have thrown the ball away. Maybe 2020 feels like a waste. But here's what I know to be true. You have a very real enemy. And if he can take you out of the game at this point, at this juncture, he's going to do it. Hear me, church. We got, we got more game to play. We know what the scoreboard says at the end. But don't let the enemy derail you right now. Get around some people who can encourage you. Speak life into you. Keep your head in the game because we got, we got a victory to go win. We need people to encourage us. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 3.13. It says this, but, but encourage one another daily. This is like as much as you shower, as much as you practice personal hygiene, help the body of Christ practice some hygiene by encouraging one another daily. How, how often should we do this? Well, as long as it's called today. Like, I'm pretty sure it's still called today right now. And so let's, let's, let's put this into practice. Maybe your best next step today to help the church be strong and courageous amidst of a, a challenging season is just to shoot an encouraging text. Maybe jump on the phone with someone and say, hey, you came to my mind. I just want you to know I, I think you're crushing it. I want you to hang in there. I know it's a trying season, but you don't give up. You keep your head up. we got a game to go in. As long as it's called a day. So, so here's why we do this. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen, sin has a way of warping our thinking and the enemy plays on our mistakes. Next time you throw the ball out of bounds, here's what you're gonna feel like. You're gonna feel like trash. You're gonna feel like you let everybody down. You're gonna feel like the coach of this team doesn't care about you anymore. God doesn't want anything to do with you anymore. That's why we need to be together. We need to encourage one another. Come alongside and say, no, 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 no. Coach still loves you. God's still for you. If he's for you, who can be against you? Let's go. Let's go play this game.
I got a call this week, actually, from uh, Noni Noble. Uh, she called me uh, last night, as a matter of fact. And it was, it was fairly late, and I didn't get to my phone in time. And, and she just left a voicemail. And she just, she just put this in practice. She, she was encouraging me daily. She, she, I'm gonna live, I got them saved on my voicemail, so next time I need it, I can pull that up and say, nope, Noni Noble said we're good. Let's go. Let's take the hill. Here's my hope. Here's the action. Exchange numbers. When you gather together in your group this week, and I know that you will, I, I just invite you to exchange phone numbers. So as you're praying for people in your group, as you're doing life with people and God brings someone to mind, you can shoot them a text. You can do what Noni did for me and just give them, leave a voicemail and say, hey, you still got this. God's got this one just like he had the last one. You hang in there. Third, third thing I wanted to observe here, uh, when it comes to community, when it comes to recognizing we're better together, here's another reason why. Because I need people who will partner with me. And you need people who will partner with you. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Uh, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only the good news, not only God's good news, but Paul says, man, we shared our lives with you as well. And as we partner together with each other in ministry, we're, we're not just helping people find and follow Jesus. We're also doing life with each other. We're not just sharing the good news of the gospel. We're, we're sharing life in the context of, of community. Romans 12, 5 through 8 says this. Uh, back to the body as an analogy. Paul uses it once again here. It says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with the body of Christ. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. Here's what you need to know, church. Like, like one part of the body doesn't have a function all to itself. But, but the function of this, the, my finger, is to, to help, help the other parts of my body. I couldn't, I couldn't grab soap and clean up if it weren't for, for my thumb. Same with my eye. Now, I, I, all of us can't be eyes, uh, but we need ears too. We, we need some, some different parts of the body doing their function because we can partner together in this thing called, called life and help each other out. It goes on to say this in verse six. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness, do so gladly. Listen, one thing you're going to discover as you start doing life with people in the context of group, uh, you're going to realize that, that maybe he has a different gift than you have. Maybe she has a different gift than you have. But when we come together in community, we're, we're better together. We can partner with each other. Our, maybe your weakness is their strength and your strength is their weakness. Maybe you see things differently. But when we partner together, man, we can make a tremendous difference. And that's how this, this body called the church is supposed to function in community together. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, two are better than one because they yield a good return for their work. They can, you partner together, you can take more ground faster. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's workmanship together in this. You are God's workmanship. Uh, created in Christ Jesus, here's the deal, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
we got to partner together, church, to take new ground in new seasons. We are better together. Here's the action. I would encourage you as you, you join a group this fall, maybe at some point in this, this fall semester of groups, do a serve project together. We have a great opportunity coming up, in fact, on October 17th as we partner with this organization called Beautiful Day to make an impact right here in, in, in South Bay Area. Uh, we're going to be partnering with uh, the Indian Valley uh, Medical Center. There's going to be more information coming up uh, on that. And so registration, I believe, opens next Saturday. Uh, but I would encourage you, maybe as your entire group, sign up to serve on October 17th. But, but let, we're, we're better together. Let's partner together to make a practical impact, not only in our lives personally, but right here in our community collectively. And then the fourth thing, uh, we need people, I need people to protect me. You need people to protect, to protect you. And that's not just physical protection, although that's important, but to know that someone has your back. That when someone says something about you and you're not around, you got a community of people around you say, hey, I, I know her. I know her character. That's not, that doesn't sound like her. Or whenever, whenever this comes up and they're making accusations, you say, no, I, that wasn't him. Like I, I was there. I know what took place. That, that, and not only in a negative sense, but also in a, in a positive sense. We need people around us who have our back. And isn't it, aren't you thankful for those people that, that you know have your back, that, that, that speak up for you when you're not around to speak up for yourself and they, they provide some protection there. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Even three is even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. Listen, as we, we partner together in life, we're better together. I can watch your back, you can watch my back. And man, we can, we can take new ground. We can, we can protect each other. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Like we're better together. We need people alongside to sharpen us in the midst of, of life. And, and here's the action step. Here's what I would invite you to do as you, as you jump into group this week, and I know you will, is that, that's ask each other hard questions. Let's help each other. Let's protect each other. One of the ways you, you protect people around you is you ask them difficult questions. One of the ways you sharpen people around you is you ask them difficult questions. There's this guy named John Wesley, and he actually uh, launched this Methodist movement. And, and John Wesley and his, his brother, they came up with these methods of how to come alive spiritually by putting in, into practice these spiritual practices, uh, these methods, where they thought, man, people will come alive. And uh, one of the things that they, they believed so strongly in was this idea of groups, not only large group gatherings as a church, but also small group gatherings. And they encourage people in your small group to ask these seven questions. Now, these seven questions uh, won't be on the screens, but they're in, in your notes to refer to later. And, and John Wesley, they, these have been revised throughout the years, but here's the essence of these seven questions. Uh, have you been in a compromising situation this week? Have, you, have any of your financial dealings lacked integrity? Have you viewed any sexually explicit material? Have you spent quality time in the Bible and prayer? Have you given priority time to your family? Have you fulfilled the mandates of your calling this week? And then my favorite's number seven. Have you just lied to me? 
<laughs> Those are some tough questions. And so number seven is essential. And here's what I'm saying. Find some trusted comrades, some fr- trusted friends that you can, you can lock arms and do life with. We're better together. Now, when you join your group this week, week one, I would encourage you, don't go airing your dirty laundry to everyone. But all of us need to have someone that knows everything about us, that can ask us any of these questions at any given time, and we'll give an honest answer to We're better together. Let's sharpen each other spiritually. Let's be willing to ask the hard questions. And then finally, number five, here's the last one. I need people who will pray for me. You need people who will pray for you as well. Here's what Paul says in Ephesians 6, 18. Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Here's the deal, church. 2020 has highlighted warfare. If you're a follower of Jesus... There's a spiritual battle going on, not only for you, but for the souls of those around you. Uh, The older I get, the more I think the enemy is not so concerned about about me going to heaven. I, I think he realizes, like, my future is secured. But I think he wants me to get discouraged. I think he wants my head to hang low. I think he wants me to get get sideways on a bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter. So I'll be distracted from helping people find and follow Jesus right here, right now. So, So there's a whole line of people that are going to heaven with me. Uh, for some of you, man, as followers of Jesus, I think, I think the enemy is okay with you going to heaven, but he wants to keep you discouraged, keep you distracted, keep your head hung low so that you won't take anybody with you. And that's why we need people to pray for us. And Paul just says that prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Simple but profound. That one act can make all the difference. A lot of research has been done on what causes uh, communities, what what causes faith communities and groups to really thrive. And and one study found this, that the linchpin to groups multiplying, to groups growing, to groups flourishing, is a group leader that prays for every member of the group by name. Some of you uh, leading groups this fall, maybe you don't feel qualified, maybe you feel inferior, but here's what I want you to know. If you do this one thing, you pray for everyone in your group by name, your group will flourish. And here's what I would encourage you to do as well. As you join a group this week, pray for your leaders. Because, man, we need it just as much as anyone else. And here's the action item. Share prayer requests weekly and cover one another in prayer. So practical, but yet so profound. Makes all the difference in this world. And this this ongoing warfare, let's, let's, let's tell each other what's going on in our lives and invite people to pray with us, to pray for us. I don't know about you, but I'm super thankful, super thankful for those that, that partner with me in prayer. Uh, man, just like you, we, we have things going on in our lives personally. Uh, recently, uh, some of our family members have, have found real illnesses going on in their lives. And, and there's been a, a few circles that I've shared uh, this confident prayer request uh, with to pray for these family members that have been sick. And, and I'm just so thankful uh, that, that times come up and maybe I'll get a text and say, how, how, how is she doing? Uh, or someone will come alongside and say, hey, I want you to know I'm praying for that individual. What's the update? And I need this more than anyone. And you need it more than anyone that you know as well is to have some, some, some people praying for you. When you join groups this week, I invite you to share just share prayer requests. Maybe you don't trust them fully to divulge all your dirty laundry just yet, but tiptoe into those waters and watch how God works. Watch how God moves in your life and in my life and in our church because we are better together. Let's pray. 
Well, Jesus, we thank you for creating us for relationships with you first and foremost and with others. God, please place people in the lives of your church, everyone listening to this, strategically, people who we can develop true and meaningful relationships with. God, empower us to care, to encourage, to partner with, to protect, and to pray for each other and help us to receive this kind of relational support as well. Help us to, to not only do those things, but to be willing to receive those things because, God, we, we recognize we're better together. Would you help us to that end, I pray, as we kick off groups in this fall of 2020 season today. 